When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. This may not be your chance to do the hump, but it is hump day. So if you're not humping, then there's no better place to be than right here and right now for the Decibel Geek Podcast. Congratulations. We're all here to rock and roll. Chris Sinzak is right there. I'm Aaron Camaro. How's everybody doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Excited today. We have a uh, very special guest today. This was the coolest, man. So cool. Yeah, I, uh... I I think back to when I was a young kid, looking at my David Lee Roth Eat Him and Smile album, mm-hmm. never imagining to ever have the opportunity to sit down and converse with the great Billy Sheehan. Yeah, and we... But got, that's exactly what we got to do. We got very fortunate. Um, I want to thank uh, Amanda at ABC... Pro- promotions for uh help helping set this one up she was cool really cool and um yeah the winery dogs were in town recently and uh i just put it out there to her because i've known her for years i'm like hey can you get us billy sheehan and not expecting ever to get a yes and she's like yeah sure here's the time and here's the place i'm like oh, okay great so that's the beautiful thing about it that's what we've always said that's like what we told the writers you know just show up so you're with ask. the decibel geek podcast yeah. they might say yes you know you'll hear yes more often than you think exactly and, yeah uh, we're living proof of that yeah so we got uh whisked away to the backstage area of the wild horse saloon with a beautiful view of the uh the river and everything and yeah it was and, like uh, the pictures of the horses on the wall and i was like i've been in this room before oh yeah yeah with ace fraley, ace fraley. yeah so it, but yeah as you'll hear in a few minutes uh billy was very candid and it's just a it's a typical conversation it kind of goes all over the place covers yeah. different parts of his career we definitely touch on eat him and smile and such uh, a nice guy stuff they're doing now and his thoughts on the music industry and stuff he listens to it's just a good general conversation with billy and he couldn't have been nicer no it blows me away sometimes that these guys that are so freaking awesome at what they do you know there's there's not a whole lot of bass players in the world that can say they're better than billy sheehan i don't think i can't i can't think of any (laughs) off the top of my head but yet this guy is still so down to earth and Mm -hmm. so cool and just and a lot of fun just to be around yeah he had a lot of great stories and you'll hear them soon but uh let's get some business out of the way uh, Geeks of the Week this week, these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Had a lot of new listeners from last week's Real Scary Story, nice. Scary Songs episode. Celebrate.
celebrating uh, horror movie soundtrack music. Everybody loves Halloween. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, welcome. And we do this show every week. And this is how you become a Geek of the Week. Just share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter, and I'll mention your name. It's as easy as that. Heck yeah. Uh, Geeks of the Week this week are Dave Gabbard Jr., Lance Big Man Rock, Dennis Gamez, Michael Bartley, Aaron Gowen, John Wilson Isaac, Seymour Pierce, Jason Wood, Aaron McCracken, Aaron Baker, Chad Pollock, Mike Blunt, James Shackelford, Brant Cattell, Sergio Guerrero, Kenny Smitherman, Derek Novak, Darren Parkin, Alan Tate, Shane Abair, Matt Bradshaw, Peter Vassallo, Wayne Cross, Anthony Poole, Mark Alden-Taylor, Paul Korn, Baco, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, David Alpazar, Todd Cunningham, Mike Stewart, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Miguel Nunez, Robin Bennett, Billy Hardaway, Scott Harding, Andrew Jacobs, Ian Wadley of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Brent Walter, Trevor McDougal, Warren Money, Podcasts Are the Best, Ruben Garcia, Jay Finhouse, Ernesto Aguiar, Daniel Chaput, Jay Motown Drummer, Adam Cox, Colin Francis Hoops, Mikael Burrell, TJ Cullen, Nick, Ru- Nick Rose, and the Mooger Fugger. That's Take a mouthful. A breath, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, we're not one of those big fancy podcasts. We don't have, you know, we're not selling you dog food and we're not selling you health snacks and, you know, all the multitude of things that podcasts sell to you. We're not a corporate conglomerate like that. You know, we're just grassroots. And, you know, you guys are our advertisement when you get out there and share it and retweet it and you know tell your grandmas about it and tell your cool cousins about (laughs) it that love Def Leppard you know you got to check out this show you're doing it for us so that we don't have to do that because damn if anybody ever comes in here and tells us what we can and can't play and who we can and can't talk to that would be the end of the Decibel Geek podcast absolutely so it's all about the rock and roll and today just like last week, just like the weeks before that, go back in the archives, check them all out. We've been here rocking for a long time. And if you're new to it, you missed out on a lot. But it's all available to you. Heck yeah. Nonstop, all the time. That's the beautiful thing about it. Stuff we did three, four years ago is still there. Yep. And three, four years from now, this is still going to be here. That's right. So let's so uh, proud. Let's get to our talk with the one and only, the awesome Billy Sheehan. <laughs> First off, I only mentioned a friend of mine. Um, I was insanely jealous of him because when I told him I was going to be talking to you, that he said that he saw you guys play a place here called 328 Performance Hall back in the Mr. Big days. Oh yeah. Do you remember that show? I don't remember the show particularly, but I yeah. know we came through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I. I uh, it's funny we play so many places. We we're talking about this earlier. I. I, I don't always remember where I where right. I played. I know I played. Blends together after the, a while. The, the details are get get fuzzy with me. Right. But some things I generally will. Uh, I have a surprisingly good memory if I get jogged a little bit. Right. Yeah. But for me, shows, there's so much of a sameness. Right. There's not anything that really uniquely stands out. Right. You know, uh, that's why a lot of um, people laugh when performers go up and say the wrong name of the city. Mm-hmm. Right. But in fact, there's no way for you to know what city you're in. Right. If you, it, it doesn't say, you know, Nashville on the floor right, or anywhere. Right. <laughs> it doesn't say that. So, Maybe you know, that would help. <laughs> that's why they write it on the monitors. Yeah. Because Chicago, you know, big giant yeah. letters. So when you look down, oh, we're in Chicago tonight. So, you know, because you, you really, uh, there's a sameness that happens. You get there, you get to the gig, you get to the sound check, you do the thing, the dressing room, gig, 
out, bus, gone, repeat. Right. You know, yeah, so yeah. Uh, you never really get a chance to yeah. see any road signs even because you're on the right. tour bus, you know. Yeah, so, you're yeah, constantly you know, running from you one thing to the next. But I was here. That's, That's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, uh, and I said, we're, we're big fans of a lot of your work. Um, Thank you. And yeah. um, I understand that we have your grandmother to thank for that. Yeah, she uh, said, as long as I'm alive, there'll never be an electric guitar in this house. And she died, and with the insurance money, my mom was, let me get my first bass, my first guitar bass. I forgot which came first uh, exactly. Yeah. My sister had an acoustic guitar right. in a room, and I would borrow, quote unquote, that. Yeah. And then she never got it back. And so I still owe her the $30 I promised her to pay right. it for. So I said to my sister, Marion, you'll never be broke. Yeah. Someone will always owe you $30. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a loophole in the yeah. wishes. Yeah. Exactly. Bass guitar. She didn't awesome. tell me when I had to pay it. Right. I hear you. So, um, and growing up, uh, I've, I've read that uh, Tim Bogert was a giant influence on you. Huge influence, yeah. I got way into the Vanilla Fudge right away. Yeah. And um, I just love the sound of the band, too. Mm -hmm. That B3 and all the vocals. And, yeah. Uh, it was just... And, and uh, they didn't write any originals though. They were they're all copy tunes on. Right. And, uh, so I think later on they, unfortunately, they didn't make a lot of money off the band because they didn't have their own songs. But uh, but their the way they would take a song and morph it into another thing right. was a great lesson to me that I didn't even realize that I had learned until years later. Mm -hmm. Just to just to understand what you can do with any given song or set of chords. Or, you know, when you're, that's why when, when somebody's writing something. I only need to hear like the basic of kind of what it is because I know what can be done with it later on. Right. So yeah. it helps to, to understand that. They were a, a big influence. I love that band very much. And I got to meet and hang with Tim a couple of times. Nice. Uh, uh, he's a wonderful guy too, really yeah. gracious and generous. Well, yeah, and like with younger people, they, that, that name kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Unfortunately, yeah. Does, yeah. But well, if you talk to people from the 70s and the 80s, his name comes up a lot. Oh, yeah, Tim. Well, not only Vanilla Fudge, but then uh, uh, Cactus, yeah. another great, great band. Uh, a lot Beck of people Bogart, forget Beck about it. And Beck Bogart and uh, Apathy was another great one, too. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, Vanilla Fudge, they kind of got back together a little bit, but without one guy. And then they got him back, but another guy was gone. So, right. you know, it's a, it was just a shame to see that they never could really get rolling again. Yeah, but I can always hear his influence in your playing. Great. Well, like, it's definitely there. And the vanilla fudge. I mean, some of that sound comes through with what you're doing with winery dogs. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like a, there's this, there's like a, a respect for the classic rock stuff, but then there's also there's like a modern twist to what you're doing. Yeah, I, and I think, um, I think that's kind of an ideal situation for, mm -hmm. you know, you we always pay tribute to those, you know, the people whose shoulders we're standing on. Sure. Uh, certainly for me, there's a long, long list. And a big, big bunch of people—not only bass players, but all kinds of uh, musicians and bands, and all, all types of uh, aspects of music—and uh, then you know we try to do what we can in a new unit of time uh, right. with with that. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, that's what we're you know we're attempting with the Winery Dogs. You know, we all we all grew up with all kinds of great music. It all influ influenced us all. But now, now what do we do? Right. So it'll always leave its mark. Yeah. But we we try to move ahead as best we can. Yeah. And. And you know, and you guys have this new album, Hot Streak, out. And uh, well, let me ask you this, because I know the fans of the band are going to want to know: um, with the new album, you've obviously proven this is more than a one-off project. We've what, finally what we've of, proved it. Well, well yes. you have a lot of those now, <laughs> nowadays. It seems yeah. like uh, let's do yeah, an that, album, and then nothing ever. Happens. Yeah, see, that bothers me too, because as a fan, when I get a record, back in the day, when I would buy a record, I'm investing 
not only my money, but my emotion in the band. It's like, wow, I'm into this band. I'm telling my friends about it. This is great, incredible. Right. And then the next record comes out, and then one guy leaves. Like, oh, you know, it always would break my heart. Yeah. Or by the third uh, album, uh, the guitar player quits, and they get, uh, it's not the same anymore, you know? And a lot of bands these days, they, uh, it's just a little trial and error mm -hmm. uh, thing where they put a band together, put the record out. Does it happen? No? Okay, now we'll try another one. Yeah. You got to stick with it, and even before we we started writing with this band, we thought, you know, if we're going to do it, let's do it as a band and stick with it, mm -hmm. and go, you know, do do six records, do sure. ten records, yeah. continue on, uh, for as long as we possibly can, because I, I think people that get into the band will will be pleased with that because they're they're making an emotional investment. Sure. Everybody that'll be here tonight, you know, is here for a reason. They heard yeah. about the band, they like the band. It's all good. They want to see it. So you know, we don't want to let them down by suddenly, you know. Yeah. Just, well, it's not quite popular enough. We're not quite making enough money off this, so we're going to go find uh, greener pastures. I hate that. Yeah. I, I suppose it's got to be double hard for the winery dogs because, I mean, this is the definition of a super group. I mean, you guys have come from all kinds of successful backgrounds together into one group where I imagine there's plenty of other projects out there calling each one of you guys, you know, we're trying to pull you away from it. So appreciate yeah, but, the fact that you guys are sticking it out. Oh, I, I'm glad, yeah. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things, but but all of them are, are pro projects and one-offs and, and things like that. We're yeah. just here to actually get a band and be together in a studio, writing as a band yeah. together, uh, you know, being there for the production, uh, being on the road together, being on the tour bus together, getting to the airport, on and off the plane, uh, all the all the things you go through every single day on tour. Yeah. Doing it together as a band, it, it really is a different mindset yeah. than being a hired gun or just there because you know yeah. this is just a project. And, it, and I, I do believe it reflects in the music. I hope it does with ours. It does. Yeah. It should. Uh, in theory, it should. So it's hard for me to tell because I'm so close to it, but I... I, I would hope that it does reflect in. in no, it most definitely does. Well, Winery dogs are the real deal. Right. And, there, sure. and there's so much today of flying tracks to each other. Uh, yeah, we don't stuff. do that. It, yeah, it's it's you can tell when it's done organically rather yeah. than, than done through. I'm going to email you my part. Yeah, I, I believe so. You know, inevitably the sessions that I do where I have to do that because somebody's in another country sure. and want me to plan something, I'll do it. You know, as a favor or whatever. And uh, but even then, I like to try to. Like, let me do as long of a take as I can before we stop. Yeah. So it's actually like I'm actually playing the song rather than, okay, let's do the next chorus. All right, let, <laughs> take, let, let's go back and do the first chorus again. Okay, first part of the first verse. Okay, second part of the first. But, you know, I, uh, I try to play yeah. through. <laughs> That's why I always get, try to learn that song actually and actually play it. So it's got a little bit of that feel. Sure. But I don't know how effective that is. Yeah, it's got to kind of take the soul out of it when you're bitten and piecing it yeah, together like that as opposed yeah. to just rocking yeah. it out. Yeah, because you could do a note at a time if you wanted. Right, yeah. sure, with technology <laughs> the way it is nowadays. Um, well, let me do a little bit of This Is Your Life. Because um, <laughs> I obviously have we have a limited amount of time and I want to cover as much as I can. Later. Sure. Um, well, first off, Eat em and Smile, one of our all-time favorite albums. Yeah, Thank I think you. it's easily David Lee Roth's best album, yes. solo, for sure. Thank you, yeah, I, I love that record. And what a band, holy yeah. shit, what a band. It was a blast. So, um, but an interesting that ties back to previous to that, obviously there's the, the Talus connection to Van Halen, you guys opened up for them in 1980. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but you had already written Shy Boy back in the in the Talus days. Yeah, it's a great song. So, um, th was that something you immediately brought to Dave when, when he wanted to bring you on board? He suggested it. Oh, so he had already heard it. Previously. He heard it, liked it, and wanted to do it. Like, so let's said, do this. Go, Dave, go. 
cool. <laughs> and he was very generous. He let me. A lot of times, situations like that when there's. I mean, he's the biggest rock star in the world. Right. He could have said with me, and it still would have been fair. Yeah. Hey, I'll do Shy Boy, but I want half of the publishing. Right. So you can get 100% of nothing or 50% of a huge thing. Right. And that he, happens. Yeah. That happens all the time. Or somebody's just sometimes just say, "I'll do it all. I'll take it all, and you'll get your writer's credit, but you're not going to get any royalties." Yeah. Wow. And some guys do that, but Dave did not. He let me. Awesome. He was completely generous and cool, and yeah. uh, so it was great enhancement to my life to have a song and a million-selling record. You know, you know, helped me financially very much, and I'm forever grateful for that. And he, was, he was very generous to us. one of the first albums I ever bought when I was a kid. Yeah. Doing my own <laughs> money was that David Lee Roth album. Right and we were talking the other day and it was like, it's almost like Dave must have said, okay, I need the guy who's on the most covers of Bass Player Magazine. <laughs> I need the guy on the most covers of drum, Drummer's World and the most guy on the, you know, and that's the band you get. You get Steve Vai, Greg Bissonette, and yourself. I mean, jeez, man. Well, every, we, every band you're in is a super group. Well, <laughs> well no, actually, when uh, when Edom and Smiles put together, yeah. Greg Bissonette was relatively unknown. Yeah. He played with uh, Maynard Ferguson. Okay. Maybe some session work. Yeah. That's about it. Um, Steve played with Frank Zappa, so he's known from that, but he was yeah. still kind of, kind of off in the distance. And then Alcatraz was kind of a, after Ingve left, it was kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, I had gotten articles in uh, magazines, but I never had a cover. Right. Until I was, uh, until I was in uh, uh, the band in the band with Dave, and then yeah. things started to explode. Right, okay. They actually took three relatively unknown guys, uh, which was very kind of him, also. So, but was I remember that Dave when himself that picked you guys out. I mean, did he have the foresight to say these guys are superstars or or, or could be in the right well, spotlight? I don't know. I don't want to. Don't know what was in his mind, but he picked me first. Uh-huh. I was the first guy in, and we we're going to find a guitar player, and I mentioned Steve Vai to him. And so we brought Steve in, and Steve was in, and then he told Steve and I to go find a drummer. We did rehearsals, Greg Bissonette walked in, and the moment we saw him, we knew he was the guy. He <laughs> yeah. didn't have to play, it was just an instinctively thing. Yeah. So that's what happened. But I remember when I got my first cover, national cover, was a cover of Guitar Player Magazine. We were playing in Buffalo. This is quite a night. It's, it's an incredible uh, situation to be in. Uh, we were playing in Buffalo. The mayor declared it Billy Sheehan Day. Wow. wow. Uh, they slid the guitar player magazine under my hotel room door with me on the cover. It was also the issue with the pole, and I won the pole that oh, year, too. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know. Greatest day ever. Three, three men on bass. <laughs> Here comes the ball. It was an incredible moment. And I had Dave to thank uh, for a lot of that. Yeah. You know, for most all of that, really. He was just uh, it was, it was a great situation. We had a, we had a lot of fun in the Edom Smile Band. And made some damn good music, too. Thank well, you. let me ask thank you this you. about him. Because, like, he, David Lee Roth at the at that period of time, was like the ultimate megawatt personality. Sure. You know, he was Certainly. the guy lit up more than the room. He lit up the whole house <laughs> lit up the when block. he walked in. Yeah. But yeah. I get the impression that, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that like when the cameras and stuff were away, he was a guy who was ready to get down to business and like really put in a lot of work on the stuff and was more of a level-headed person maybe than what his image portrayed in the press. Well, um, I don't think, uh, I think a lot of what his image was was really him. Yeah. I don't think it was a lot of, you know, I, th- I think he, 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 he lived it. Yeah. But, but he's a smart guy, and, and, he, and he knows what he wants, and mm-hmm. he understands what it takes to put an entertaining show on. Right. And all, of, all the things you've got to do around that to make that happen. Yeah. He really gets it. 
He, uh, being around him is like getting a PhD in Showbiz 101. I really oh, I imagine. He, he was the master at that stuff, you know, he's the entertainer. The, the solo that we did live with me and Steve, like battling each other, that was oh, Dave's wow. idea. Oh, wow. That was, his, that was yeah. his idea completely. That's incredible. Because yeah, we did our individual solos and about th two or three shows in the tour that I, you know, the solos are good, but it's not entertaining enough. So let's make it like a tractor pull. That was a, for the phrase that you've been using. <laughs> That's you know, cool. Steve will play, you go, stop and push, and I so okay, we'll give it a try. And people went crazy, they love this. And yeah, it was Dave's idea. It's awesome. Pretty cool. Can you Very share cool. the uh, the story about the, uh, the fog on the stage and, you know, oh, the, yeah, the yeah. routine that he would do? Well, we saw when Van Halen was playing with Talos opening up, yeah. we stayed for every show and watched every single show. It was just, and we'd laugh at the jokes every night. Right. Even though we heard the same joke the night before, yeah. it was still funny to us. Right. And uh, they had the fog on the stage for everybody who wants some, the dry ice fog. And a crew guy would crawl under the fog and lay a joint down at a little X spot on the stage. So it would be in the middle of the song and the fog would clear and Dave would stop the band. Because hey, hey, people are always throwing shit up on stage, just panties and <laughs> prescription bottles and <laughs> all, God knows what. I heard recently, uh, was it a, uh, oh, I, I, I can't remember, some, some uh, kind of... Uh, Marilyn Manson show. We had a lighting man in another band I was touring with uh, that was with, that did the Marilyn uh, Manson tour. Just somebody threw a rattlesnake in a jar oh my on the stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? So, but it, it wasn't that crazy that back then. One. But people would, you know, it was common to throw a joint up sure, on stage sure. or something like that. So Dave was like, hey, stop the show, look down. There was the joint placed there by the crew. And Dave would, what the heck is this? I hold it up. Of course, it looks like somebody from the audience was throwing it up. Right. And then he, Guy come out with a lighter, he'd take a puff and all, you know, some like, Indiana, you people party better. <laughs> Crowd go nuts. But it was shtick, yeah. but it was genius. Oh, yeah, it's totally it genius. Genius. Another thing they did, which was really brilliant, uh, you know, the crowd would be just going crazy. It was just so loud, they're out of their minds. And they said, man, we want to take you home. And said, bring the camera out. They brought this giant motion picture with a giant film reels, huge motion picture film camera, yeah. huge cables running off of guys with battery packs, <laughs> holding up the camera, holding the guy, a giant light on the whole crowd. And the people in the crowd are going out of their minds. We're in the Van Allen movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was fake. There was no, there was no That's awesome. awesome. But, oh, then, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but it was just perfect shtick. I mean, what a great... Nobody in the in the room needed to know whether it was fake or not. They right, were having the greatest right. time of their lives. Yeah, don't look behind the curtain. You know, yeah. just enjoy exactly. the show for what exactly. it is. It was yeah. just genius. Master You know, people sometimes say to me, man, we really, really love the Decibel Geek podcast. What can we do to help? We want to we wanna help fly that flag of hard rock and classic metal just like you guys do. Well, here's a, there's a multitude of ways you guys can help us out. Number one, leave us a review on, on iTunes. Yeah. You know, that's a great way to do it because, you know, whether you like it or not, iTunes is one of these things where they can make or break you. You know, we really want to show these guys to give... We really want to show iTunes that rock and roll and hard rock and classic metal and the stuff that we love around here is still viable, yep. you know, and still important. And by showing iTunes that the Decibel Geek podcast is important to you by leaving us a sweet review, that's exactly what you're doing. 
that's a great way to help us out. We mm-hmm. sure appreciate it. Another way you can help us out, head on over to decibelgeek.com. That's the mothership of rock and roll. You got to love that. You head on over there, you check it out, what you're going to see right off the top, the Amazon banner. But we're going to talk about that in a second. What else you're going to see if you take the time to scroll on down is you're going to see some amazing articles. And Man, I've seen some great ones here lately. I've seen a really sweet Def Leppard album review, yep. the brand new one. Totally agree on that one, 100%. Also saw a really cool one from, uh, what is it, Uncle Acid in the Deadbeats? Yeah. Did you read that? Uh-huh. I'm going to go freaking get that I album just, just based on I've the heard review. good things from so other people, good. too. So, you know, the things we learn by going to decibelgeek.com. You want to tip your DJs? You can hit the donate button. You want to get yourself a sweet Decibel Geek t-shirt? That's the place to do it. You want to sign up and become a VIP. You don't feel like you got just enough Decibel Geek in your life. You need a little bit more. Become a Decibel Geek VIP. You get the Chris and Aaron show. We're going to talk about strippers. We're going to talk about Hulk Hogan. We're going to talk about doing drugs. We're going to talk about oh, all kinds of crazy shit on the Chris and Aaron show. And if if you even remotely like the Decibel Geek podcast, if you think we're just a little bit funny... Well, wait till you see what happens when we cut loose and we're not stuck to a theme or anything like that. We just talk about whatever. Mm -hmm. That one guy told me that it was better than the Decibel Geek podcast. I I didn't know how to take that. Yeah, I know, because we work hard on the podcast. I didn't know how to take that. (laughs) Thanks. I take it. I'll take it anyway. But also, screw you. (laughs) If you enjoy it, we love you. But, you know, that's all at decibelgeek.com. You want to get in on the conversation. You go to Facebook. You want to help us in a way that can really, really benefit everyone. Well, it's simple. I mentioned it a minute ago. You go to decibelgeek.com. You click on our Amazon banner. The beautiful thing about it, you're already shopping on Amazon. You got to get your Grim Reaper CD, right? Yeah. Everybody's got to get their Grim Reaper CD. Or Gravedigger CD. Or Gravedigger or Billy Sheen. Get the new Winery Winery Dogs album. Shit, yeah. Go get that right now. And when you're going to get it through Amazon, you go to decibelgeek.com. You click on that link. It takes you to Amazon. Now you're at Amazon. It doesn't seem any different. Because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same as it normally would be. You click on it. You order your Winery Dog CD. You get a fantastic deal on it because it's Amazon. You can pick and choose. You can make it right for yourself. You get that fantastic deal. You're not paying a penny more than what you would normally pay by going to Amazon. But what Amazon does is they take a portion of their proceeds, what they get off of it, and they kick it to us. Why? Because Amazon freaking rocks, and they love hard rock, and they love classic metal, and they love this geek podcast, and they want to help us out, but only if you want to help us out, and that's mm-hmm. the number one way to do it. Yeah, so we want to go over some of the purchases from the last seven days on Amazon through the link. These are things that some of you bought. Uh, some Redken Smooth Lock Heat Glide Hairspray was bought. Nice. Yeah. Somebody's spiking it up. It's like the 80s are coming all back. All over again. Shit, yeah. We're selling hairspray. It's all coming <laughs> back. It's because of us. Uh, a couple of books are bought. The uh, <laughs> Confessions, The Murder of an Angel, and The Rogue Lawyer. I think that's a John Grisham book. Huh. Uh, okay, some, cool. Some smart listeners. Um, also, some music that was purchased in the last seven days. Some new stuff. A good amount of new stuff was purchased. Uh, the new Saxon album, Battering Ram, was bought. Right on. Uh, the Wasp, Golgotha, was bought. We've sold a few of those. Yeah, we're moving a lot of Wasp albums. 
Yep, the new Def Leppard self-titled album was bought. Cool. That's probably driven off that review, I yeah. bet. Sweet and Lynch Only to Rise was purchased. Right on. That's uh, cool. I've been wanting to hear that. It's pretty good. Iron Maiden, The Book of Souls was bought. I've heard that. I know that's a good purchase. And a pretty sizable purchase. UFO, the complete studio albums collection, 1974 to 1986 was bought. Right on, man. That's cool. I can imagine being able to enjoy that whole set. So, yeah. UFO episode in the future, maybe? We've always talked about it. Might we need we need that special certain someone. You know who I'm talking about. We need a UFO expert to come on the show. Maybe perhaps come back onto the show. Maybe. And help us through a UFO episode. That's what we need. When that happens, I'm all about it. I have some strings to pull, but stay tuned. All right, right on. Thank you to everybody that shops through Amazon through the Decibel Geek link. Like I said, it doesn't cost you, but it sure helps us. That's right. Now let's get back to our talk with Billy Sheehan. song ladies night in buffalo well you're from buffalo but you don't have a writing credit on this uh, no i said it i was the one who said oh, okay because i was like he had to have something to do with that yeah i was like <laughs> hey i went to buffalo for thanksgiving hey what did you do i, uh, I went out it was, it was ladies night in buffalo and i went wow <laughs> ladies night in buffalo which sounds like a lonely bleak thing but buffalo's a great city and sure. uh, you know i think they they kind of uh it's hard to get respect sometimes uh, as, as a, a city like buffalo so they kind of laughed it off, but I think that's how the song is born. I got you. Talk about the high cost of loving. I think I hear freedom drumming in seams. What I loved about that album, and that David, David Lee Ross done this for the years, is he has a great way of making just normal metalheads get into stuff that they normally wouldn't listen to. Which I love. Yeah. And they, and, and they don't even realize they're getting into the stuff. Yeah, I love that. I love it. <laughs> Similar thing happened with Mr. Big when we had to be with you. Yeah. Uh, we'd have a, a crowd of kids with Metallica shirts singing along with To Be With You. And 14-year-old girls with braces singing along with the daddy brother and addicted to that rush Absolutely. and all that stuff. So. We, I love breaking down that barricade because I grew up at a time when that barricade didn't exist. Right. You listen to Joni Mitchell and then Spooky Tooth and yeah. then Hendrix and then a, a Beethoven piece. Right. And uh, all the shows had different bands on right. them too. Yeah. One, one show, uh, Aerosmith opened up for the Mahavishnu Orchestra. Wow. Oh, wow. That's wow. Pretty amazing. I went to a show. It was uh, New York Dolls, Aerosmith, and, and Matahupo, Halloween in Buffalo. That must have been amazing. Amazing show. And uh, it, was just, it was great. Johnny Winter and 10 years after. This blues band, rock band. So there wasn't a kind of wall between things. And people would be into it. Nobody would be booing or throwing stuff. Right. Yeah. It seems like back then, you know, you'd get them weird lineups where it seems weird now. It's like, man, these bands don't really belong together. 
But who's to say they do or they don't? I know. I wouldn't be great to see like Slayer, the Winery Dogs, and uh, Brian Adams. Yeah? Why not? Great. I'd go to that. <laughs> <laughs> what a riot. I, 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 I don't know what Slayer would emo- do to Brian Adams, but yeah. it sounds interesting. <laughs> might be a little emotionally conflicted after the show, it's but I'm sure it would be a right. great time. <laughs> cool. Well, let me get a little bit into Mr. Big. Um, I was a big fan of Mr. Big. And Thank I, you. And still yeah. am. Um, yeah, me too. Can you share the story about um, the show you did in Atlanta where Paul had a little bit of a malfunction? Yeah, we had flown to Berlin to do a TV show. Uh, having a hit record is an amazing thing, but it, it will it will would crush a lesser a lesser man. It's a you are just put under a schedule. You got to do you got to do everything. You got to do it now, and you got to do it exactly perfect. Mm-hmm. Go, you know. So it's a really a lot of pressure, but we loved it. It was great, and we, we responded to it well. So we had to fly on a day off, two days off, fly to Berlin, do a TV show, fly home, back to the opening of the Russian tour. So uh, it's a pretty grueling flight. So yeah. uh, we got there, we got there, uh, almost no sleep at all, I got there, and it was a, a, an incredible situation with the um, uh, show, too, because it was a, a, a German kind of a talk show. Mm-hmm. And they had a judge who had just prosecuted all these mafioso in Italy. Wow. So the building was surrounded with helicopters and sharpshooters. They had wow. these giant steel plates on wheels that they moved around in case a bomb went off. You know, because because they—that's how serious it was. That's yeah. So he was on the show, and be, uh, before him was uh, a guy from Afghan who was raising money for the kids who step on the landmines, blowing their legs off. Yeah. T- terrible tragedy. Yeah. And so you know, here's the guy from Afghanistan showing the pictures of the kids with the legs off. And then they bring the judge out, and cops, the sharpshooters, and helicopters, and watching the guy tells his story. And now, Mr. Big. It's <laughs> <laughs> a rock band. It's the weirdest thing. Well, so we do play, to be with you, and go, leave, go to the airport, and fly back home. For the three minutes of the song was all we did. And we went back, and we were so tired and so shell-shocked and punch-drunk. Paul, what he meant to do with the drill was hold his hand up to his ear, like, I can't hear you, but the drill is still in your hand. It was still spinning and caught his hair. Oh, no. And he couldn't let go of the drill because it was heavy. And it was like, now the guitar is feeding back like crazy. And there's the whole place at the Atlanta Omni, the Omni yeah. whole, sold out. The whole place is watching him in total disbelief, like laughing their asses off. So I run out, Paul, go behind my amp. I ran out and did an emergency bass solo, started playing. Then Paul's back there. And then I heard later on what happened. He, go, he goes, they got a scissor. He goes, no, no, it just... Put it in reverse and hit the trigger. So he hit, hit the trigger and boom, back now the other way. Oh, no. So they finally got the bit out and got the thing out of his hair and he got out there. And, the, and Getty, uh, Alex, and uh, uh, Neil were, uh, 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 we almost had to call the emergency, emergency medical team. They were laughing so hard. I it was bet. unbelievable. <laughs> so the next show we did, the next night, they had all the cruise power tools land all over the stage. Oh, nice. Was playing, you know? <laughs> Too funny. But uh, it was a funny thing, and uh, it was uh, uh, the guys in Rush were so great. Oh, I've so always heard that. So nice and so generous and so cool. And they let us come up and play the last song. The, hey, baby, it's a chord. Yeah. Whatever. We went and played with them. It was so great. That's what awesome. an incredible experience to such legendary guys. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, I took my wife to see them. It was both our first time seeing them like two years ago. And we just had a great time. Oh, they're awesome. And I told her, I said, you're not going to have any trouble going to the bathroom. 
<laughs> There'll be no lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I kind of take from that story is I wish we all had, like, when life goes funny and things aren't right, just Billy Sheehan just shows up and does an emergency <laughs> base solo. <laughs> and then covers for you while oh, you straighten everything that's out. That's good. I'm, gonna, I'm putting that <laughs> in my axe. That's good. Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Let me ask you, um, let me ask you this. Um, has there been anything, because like Aaron had brought up earlier about you guys probably get asked all the time for certain things, but... Going, looking back on your whole career, has there been anything that at one time you were like, no, I just I don't think that that's for me, and then later on you look back on it, man, I wish I had actually maybe taken that off. Lucky enough, no. Oh, wow. Every, uh, all the decisions I made were the right decisions at the right time. That's good. Matter of fact, I was in L.A. with Dave, and we're still putting the band together. It wasn't, wasn't you know, really there. And I remember I was out with him. Like, he'd go out at night to clubs, and I'd go out and hang out, and him and his bodyguard, a bunch of friends, people from the office. Most of the people that were for Van Halen left and worked with Dave now, and we we're all out hanging out and drinking and doing a thing. And it was, you know, it was kind of a boring night, and I'm sitting there, and Dave said to me, hey, you, you want to you go back to Buffalo for a couple weeks if you want? And I thought to myself, don't do it. Stay right here. Yeah. Imagine going back to Buffalo, and maybe he meets some other bass player. Right. You know, yeah. So I said, no, no, I'm cool. I'll stay. Thank you. I'm so, going to keep my spot secure. <laughs> so uh, I think I may have... Uh, ensured that right. uh, things went the way they did that way. I don't know. I'm just speculating on that. But, I suppose, you know, back then, everywhere he went, he probably had people coming at him and going, hey, man, I'd be a lot better than Billy Sheehan. You know, give me a chance. You know, I'd be a lot better than Steve Vai. Let me, you know, be in your band. I'm sure a lot of well, that Well, nobody really out, knew know? there was a band yet. Yeah? Yeah, we re- he really kept a secret. Matter of fact, when he called me, uh, uh, his office called me and said he was doing a movie and wanted me to be in a movie. Uh-huh. And so I went out there What's, and he goes, there's no movie. I just had to say as a cover, you can't tell anybody. So I'm in my oh, band, Talis, wow. opening up for Ingve for the rest of that whole tour, and I can't tell anyone. I yeah. I just joined David Lee Ross band, so and the, I can't oh, tell a person. The Van Halen split hadn't been announced yet at the no. time? Wow. Wow. Matter of fact, the day I got to L.A., I was going to have a meeting with Dave the next day, and then the next day do a show. The day I got to L.A., I called Eddie and said, Ed, I'm going to play in L.A., to Palladium, you want to come out to the show? He goes, I don't know, I'm kind of busy, you know, whatever. I go, I go yeah, Dave called me. What? Dave called you? Oh, no. And, and, and I thought, uh-oh, Jesus, I just did a bad thing. So he goes, well, you, oh, you, yeah, I'm going to have a meeting with him tomorrow. And he said, call me call me back as soon as the meeting's done. I want to find I think he's going to pull an Ozzy Osbourne on us. In other words, leave, get a band, and, you know. Right. So I go out to Dave's house. He said, let's start a band. So I figured I had to make up my mind. Do I call Eddie back or not? I said, I didn't call him back. So uh, yeah, at that point. Dave was offering you the job. You know, you had to go with. Yeah, so I had you to. Know, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did too. I, mean, I, yeah, I love totally. all those guys. I love right. Eddie, Al, Mike, Dave, Wolfie, the whole organization. I love all those guys. You know, it's a, it's a drag that the situations are what they are, but yeah. they're still one of the greatest bands ever and sure. supremely fine people and ultra talents. And Was there ever a talk with cool. Eddie after that? Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. So. Yeah, we uh, when uh, after the I think we, when Sammy left. Yeah. Uh, I went up to the house with uh, Ed and Al, and we jammed some stuff for a while. He was thinking of doing something then. But then right after that, they, Dave got in touch with them. They decided to put the band back together. Right. But, uh, yeah, a couple times I talked with Ed about doing stuff. Right. So, okay. That would be pretty cool. Well, I don't know. I, th- I think in the long run, at the, in the 80s, I mean, he probably thought you did him a favor, because I know he was at his wit's end with Dave at the time. You know, and Dave was, was at his wit's end. They yeah, were, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was mutual, trust yeah. me. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, yeah. And it's no different than, you know... 
it's an odd thing. The dynamic within a band is almost the same dynamic as a husband and wife. It absolutely is. Really yeah. odd, crazy thing. Yeah. It's really true. And you separate out, give them a couple of years, they look back, oh, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad either. And they get back together, and it's okay again. Yeah. And then the same problems crop up again. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. But uh, they're, they're all great people. You know, it's, you know, when you work together with people, things are going to rub the wrong way occasionally. These right. things happen. I suppose. What was it like interacting with Ingve Malmsteen? Ingve and I have never had a I've never had a problem with Ingve. He's always been cool with me. We had yeah. a great time. He actually came to America to start a band with me. That was the original plan. No okay. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Mike Varney brought him in. It was gonna be me, Dean Castronova, and Ingve. Wow. And uh, great. didn't work out for whatever reason. Ingve got the gig in Alcatraz right. yeah. and then did his spectacular debut solo record, which I think is one of the greatest mm-hmm. guitar yeah. records ever. But we were that was the original plan. Wow, that's amazing. It's funny. Um, well, with the winery dogs today, you know, the music industry has changed a lot as far as with downloading and streaming and everything. So, you know, albums, you, you'll talk to some established musicians that will say, well, the album is just a commercial for the live show. And But, I mean, do you, I mean, do you cherish the experience still of doing albums, yeah. even though the sales may not be like the 80s where they yeah, were that, that exploding? Yeah, it's a snapshot of what what was going on, and I, I've never been money motivated. Right. You know, uh, the music business became the music industry, and now it's back to the music business again. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So all the people that were in it to make money are gone. So now we're getting music and art again. Yeah. Instead of commerce and trade. That's true. And that's yeah. what we were getting for a long time. A lot of bands that well, get together, uh, get put together by some producer, do their record, do their video, go on tour. Right. Where they, you know, they barely even knew each other's last names, you know. It's right. like, you know, it wasn't re- organic or real. Yeah. Whereas back in the 60s and 70s, band would get together, they'd be friends, they'd play together, make a record. It was a thing, it was a statement, yeah. it was part of their lives. It was, and that's happening again, I think. Experience I, the I, struggle I, and all that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm into the, I was an early adopter of all things digital. Right. So I'm into the streaming and right now you can get any, just about any song that has ever been recorded you're you're a couple of clicks away from it, yep. which is pretty great. Yeah, you know, and I'm a huge collector myself. I got like 1.7 terabytes of iTunes wow. that I travel with, and uh, a finely tuned collection too. It's all cover art, right folders, everything's in that yeah. place. Oh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> <good> too, <laughs> yeah, totally incredible. So uh, I'm a big fan, and I, I I still like to actually have the music itself on a yes. drive. The, the yeah. streaming thing I, I don't do as much, but you know, if it's available, it's available, yeah. and. Uh, I, I wouldn't look at an album as a commercial for the tour. The album is still what it, what it was then, and it is and it is now. It's an artistic thing, and it's a statement. It's what you're doing. Uh, you're not going to get rich off it. Right. I, I didn't start playing music to get rich anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I love to play, and what a great thing. We're on a bus touring around. There's going to be 800 or 1,000 of our best buddies out there tonight in front yeah. of us. Does it get any better than that? And we, we'll still make a paycheck in the end. Maybe it won't be a million dollars, but... Well, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get my mortgage paid and yeah, get a, you know. You're living off doing what you love. Yeah. That's, that's what all it's all about. Exactly right. So I, I, I don't uh, bemoan the uh, loss of the way it was. Because right. a, lot, a lot of ways the way it was was, uh, was a bubble that needed to burst. Yeah. I think that's why when the Nirvana came out, they kind of burst that whole corporate rock thing, yeah. which really needed to be broken down. Right. <laughs> What's Billy Sheehan really digging on musically these days? What are you listening to? Oh, I listen to... 60s lounge music, yeah. uh, a lot of Sinatra, uh, new band, The Last International. They're making a little noise. I uh, met them in uh, New York City. They came out to our show. Good band. Cool. Um, 
but most of, most everything I have happened before 1978. Yeah. yeah. My iTunes. I say 90 percent of my iTunes happened before 1978. So. Uh, there's so much great old stuff that I yeah. have. I almost don't have time to do the new stuff. It's well, just, yeah, uh, just got live Rory Gallagher from. Oh, you know, I love Rory Gallagher. Amazing yeah. song. Yeah. But you know, I tried. To, my partner uh, runs a uh, record company, Metal Blade Records. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Mike Faley, and we've been together since grammar school. So I said, Mike, send me over a couple of CDs, of some great new stuff, and I go, eh, some pretty cool stuff. You know. Very try cool. to try to I, I, I use him to help me find what's going on. I hear you. We all have friends in our lives that do that for yeah, us. That's, that's what we do for people. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's part of the show. But uh, right. thank you again for doing this. My for pleasure, us. my yeah. pleasure. Thank you guys. Welcome we really appreciate to, it. It means a lot to our listeners. You know, like we said, we're all rock and rollers and we're doing this for the right reason. So we're all in this together. Right? Yeah, we we're all in it together, so we appreciate you spending some time with us. My pleasure, absolutely. Thank you guys. Thanks, cool. guy oh man just the coolest man that was he was on our uh, he's been he was on my wish list since the beginning of the show yeah yeah i put like in the categories of guitarists bass player drummers people that i always wanted to talk to and meet he was on there and i learned a lot today too see just like the thing i always thought about david lee roth looking mm-hmm. at the magazines i found all my thinking on that was all backwards <laughs> that's true but that's very cool yeah. to be able to learn that see we all learn something together but yeah yeah a lot of great stories and just such a nice person and uh yeah we love billy and uh maybe we can do uh if he comes back to nashville albums unleashed for eat him and smile that would be fun oh that'd be freaking awesome we kind of thought about doing that this yeah. time but we were kind of time restrained to promote right now but yeah, you know, and and the time that he spent with us was fantastic. I wish we could add more. But maybe we'll get it in the future. And he said, uh, he said, hopefully we'll see you guys again. So uh, we'll I'm be hold there. him to that. Yeah, we'll be there. Remember when you said that to us? We're yep. back. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks again to Amanda at ABC Promotions, yes. and thanks to Billy Sheehan, and uh, thanks to the Wild Horse Saloon. Absolutely, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, they get some really kick-ass rock bands in town for us sometimes. That's right. So uh, go to decibelgeek.com, check out all that good stuff. And uh, Aaron, I guess uh, we'll see you next week. I'll be here. Hardline. And I fell for it Yeah, you hooked me on And I'm hanging by it I need time to think it over I don't like what I see She was mine, but I don't know her How many lies should I It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 